The UC Wellbeing Channel, your portal to a balanced body and mind. Continue your journey at uctv.tv slash wellbeing. Hello and welcome. My name is Paul Mills. I'm a professor of family medicine and public health at the University of California, San Diego. And it's my great pleasure to be here today with Dr. Eric Grossel. Uh, Dr. Grossel is a professor of family medicine and public health at UC San Diego in my home department. He's also a principal investigator at the VA San Diego Healthcare System. And he's also director of the UC San Diego Health Researchers Services Center and a longtime scientific investigator in the field of complementary medicine with a particular focus these days on the topic of yoga. I'd like to begin, can you tell me, uh, how did you begin to uh, start your research program in yoga? Were you already a practitioner and that led to your research, or did your research uh, inspire you to become a practitioner? Well, uh, I think my personal interest started with you know, more of a, a search for more meaning in my life back when I was living in Chicago in the Midwest. I think maybe I had become disillusioned with the religion I grew up with and was searching for something more. I know in college I focused a lot on science and trying to explain everything with science. And uh, But I knew that science didn't really explain a lot of things, and there was a lot of things we didn't know still. I started seeking out things like meditation and yoga, and then I moved to Southern California for graduate school and found that yoga was available on almost every corner here. So uh, Indeed. I started doing yoga occasionally, started some meditation, and uh, really saw some benefits. I didn't instantly become a regular practitioner, but I slowly went back to it more and more. I might fall off for a few months. Mm-hmm. So after seeing some results, I just... I was, I was doing research on chronic disease, and I decided I'd love to study this and its health benefits and hopefully share it with others. Mm-hmm. So in 2001, I was giving a job talk at UCSD to become a project scientist, and I talked about my chronic disease self-management research, and then at the end of the talk, I said, I also want to do some research on yoga and meditation. And... Somebody's hand came up and said, just how do you think you're going to do that? And uh, it was a little bit of a challenging question, and the truth was I had no idea. But you eventually did. I know you've been conducting research at our La Jolla VA medical system on yoga, which I'd like to hear you share with us what you've been doing. You've been uh, at this for, what, a good 10 years or more, conducting lots of randomized trials and clinical Mm -hmm. relevant Studies. Yes, exactly. Um, shortly thereafter, I found that there was a clinical yoga program at the VA San Diego for chronic low back pain patients, and I was able to collect some data before and after eight to ten weeks of yoga in those p- clinical patients, and showed significant improvements in um, the quality of life, reductions in pain, and reductions in fatigue. And I published those results in two different papers. The second one looked at women versus men and found that women were getting a greater benefit than men in the VA system. For for the pain and the fatigue outcomes? Correct, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, So then I applied for research grants. I had to apply six times to the VA to get funded, but I kept at it. I was funded for a full-scale, four-year randomized trial where we randomized veterans with chronic low back pain to either yoga 
or to delayed yoga. So they waited six months, and they were our comparison group. And that study recently just ended, and we're publishing those results probably in the next week. And uh, I'm very excited about that. We found reductions in physical functioning, which is our main outcome. Uh, there's some, uh, some people who believe that functioning is more important than reducing the pain. That if people can hopefully reduce the pain as well, but be able to function in their daily life and do the things they really want to do in life, that's the most important. You improve their physical functioning? That's correct. After uh, six months, our yoga group had significantly better physical functioning. They also showed reduced pain at a variety of different outcomes, or at a variety of different time points, I should say. We found some improvements in some other things like quality of life and self-efficacy too. Great. Um, did your persistence in submitting and resubmitting these grants, has it helped change the culture at the VA in terms of enabling other scientists to conduct more research, whether it's yoga or, or meditation well, or other mind-body approaches to wellness? As far as I know, it was the very first yoga study funded in the VA system. Uh, I, and I know there's at least there's been at least one study funded since that looking at yoga for PTSD in Indianapolis. And that study, those results should be out in about one year. But uh, I think it has. I think this crisis as far as chronic pain management, the use of opioids, uh, the suicides, the overdoses that have resulted from opioid medications and addiction uh, from treating pain with, you know, pharmacological approaches. Um, so that has brought huge attention to other approaches in the VA system and the Department of Defense and military. And so they're both funding more research in these areas. The study you mentioned that you just finished, you're going to publish in about a week. Have you been able to simultaneously look at whether they've been able to lower their, the dosages and usage of some of their pain medications, this particular population? Well, in our study, we found that uh, opioid medication prescriptions went from 20% to 8% over six months, but it went down in both groups, which was interesting. And the other group was what? The other group was a delayed treatment yoga group. So they got yoga after six months. But So we didn't expect both groups to reduce their pain medications. But I also remember when these patients or participants were enrolling in the study, they were there because they wanted to use less medications. There's a big proportion uh, of people who don't want to be on these medications and want to get off them. Yep. So you're offering them uh, some kind of systematic ways of doing so through the programs. So there's this area that's growing and people are getting certified now. It's called yoga therapeutics. I'm sure you're aware of it. And the idea is that it's using specific yoga postures, presumably with types of meditation within that, to help um, heal and potentially even cure different types of illnesses and diseases. Um, Can you tell us about that program and how that approach fits in with the existing evidence-based? Because I know there are many hundreds of scientific publications on yoga now. I suspect those papers and that evidence base is one of the reasons the Yoga Therapeutics certification and program has launched, because it's recognizing the, the value for healing. Yes, I attend a conference every year, the Symposium for Yoga Research, and it's put on by the International Association of Yoga Therapists. Mm. And I, I don't know if that's the program you're speaking of, but 
It's a different level of certification for yoga instructors where they learn about physiology and they undergo a much more rigorous training than a yoga instructor that might be at a yoga studio with two or three hundred hours of training, which is great, but uh, they may not have been trained in certain uh, medical aspects of, of different health conditions. And the, the yoga therapists have additional training, and therefore there may be more confidence in the medical community in referring someone to them for, for therapeutics. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it is changing. The evidence base is growing. In certain areas like chronic low back pain, uh, there's lots of evidence. It's now pretty much an established treatment. There's no one gold standard treatment. There's a variety of these non-pharmacological treatments that in general have very few side effects, chiropractic, physical therapy, um, just exercise, core strengthening. But yoga has the advantage of, of being, in my mind, a more complete package, working on the mind, body, and spirit. Indeed, yes. So we've, we've discussed a little bit about pain. You mentioned PTSD. What are some other areas that yoga is being used for to treat some kind of morbidity? It's being used in many different areas. I mean, it's being used in cancer, not so much to treat the cancer itself, but certainly to improve the quality of life and cope with side effects of cancer treatments. It's being widely studied there, funded by the National Cancer Institute. Mental health is a a very big area. Yoga is I would say close to being an, an established or recommended treatment for depression. It's been studied in large studies. There's quite a bit of evidence. Some people think there should be a little bit more still. And it depends on the type and severity of depression as well. But um, certainly PTSD, there's growing evidence. Um, there, there's a lot of evidence for just reducing stress in general and improving well-being um, We're studying yoga in older adults, um, but it's being used with HIV patients, with multiple sclerosis, um, just all sorts of different areas. Broadly, this topic of mind-body healing, can you share with us how has your experience with yoga, and as a clinical psychologist, a licensed trained clinical psychologist, how, how has it influenced your thoughts about the healing capacity, the potential and the resources of the, of the human mind-body system? You know, I haven't studied the, the whole mind-body system per se. My clinical training was in psychology, and I focused a lot on behavioral medicine. So a lot of what I focused on is how can we get people to initiate these healthy behaviors like yoga and to maintain them? keep them doing it long-term so that they get these sustained benefits. Because one thing we know with back pain and with chronic disease, most chronic disease, you have to keep working at it. It's always going to be there. And uh, if you stop doing something that's working, it's likely to come back. So, But I also do think that yoga has really helped me uh, really understand and appreciate how intertwined the mind and body are and the spirit in this holistic system. We have, we're seeing increasing evidence that our thoughts, positive thinking, meditation, can affect the body very clearly as far as the immune system, inflammatory response, 
even genetic expression. There's new data that you know about on genetic expression and thoughts. There's people studying genetic expression uh, after yoga or meditation, and there's demonstrated effects that certain genes are turned on. And we don't know exactly what that's going to change down the road, but it's very interesting to study, and I'm very convinced that yoga is one of the most uh, complete packages that treats our body, multiple aspects of our body, strengthening, uh, cardiovascular, depending on the type you do, flexibility, balance, on and on, as well as the mind, uh, stilling the mind, mindfulness, um, and then if, if people choose to get into more spiritual aspects. Right, right. Great, thank you. So a question. Let's say I'm a program officer from the National Institutes of Health, and I come to you and I say, Eric, I, I've loved your research program so far. Your findings are very uh, significant and beneficial, and we want to support your, your next study. What would be your next kind of dream study of yoga uh, in, in your research setting? Well, I think my dream study is a large, very long-term study that really recruits yeah. lots of, lots a of large cohort of people. You know, and it's hard to say what age, possibly my age, you know, early 50s, um, and follows the long-term benefits of yoga because so many studies are limited, as you know, by being funding for three, four, five years. And so we maybe follow a certain group of people for one year, maybe two years at the most. And we really don't know what happens to people long-term, um, and we don't have a comparison group long-term. So mm-hmm. that's probably what I'm most interested in. I don't know if they'll... Fun to study of that type quite I yet. will. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, this, this question, so you mentioned earlier, you started out in the field of behavioral medicine, and you mentioned it's, it looks a lot like motivation, and how do we keep people doing the things that are good for them? Mm-hmm. Of course, how do we have people stop doing what's not good for them? My general sense is that people tend to continue with yoga as far as, to, as a behavioral modality. You mentioned earlier there are yoga studios practically in every block, at least here in Southern California, and people go highly regularly. They, they, they feel, they experience the benefits, and so that aspect is, is very important, and I haven't seen that in many other behaviorally-oriented modalities. People do start and then drop off, and years go by, and they'll try something else. So that's probably one of the settings where there is continued benefit. Yes. Uh, in our VA study, for example, we had some attendance problems. These are veterans about 50 to 60 years old on average and with chronic low back pain, some pretty severe back pain. And, you know, we had certain people who never came. They enrolled in the study, but they faced all sorts of barriers, transportation, transportation barriers, yeah. access, getting, getting to the VA. Uh, some had job changes and school changes. Others did have uh, comorbidity problems, uh, mental health issues, or even uh, their back pain was aggravated, and they decided not to come back after that back pain subsided um, to a point where they could do yoga again. Um, And, you know, about 15% of our population does yoga or has done some yoga in the past year. There's data on that. 
So there's a lot of people who have never tried it, but I have met a number of individuals who have tried yoga once and not gone back. Mm-hmm. Uh, my one friend, he went to a yoga class about 10 years ago. He was very inflexible. Mm-hmm. It was mostly women. He felt out of place possibly, and the instructor for some reason commented that, wow, you really are inflexible. And she was over there trying to adjust him. He got embarrassed and he didn't go back. Now that, that's kind of a, um, you know, uh, not a usual circumstance since most instructors are very sensitive to that. I want to circle back to something we were touching on earlier and it has to do with the, the holistic nature of yoga. And you mentioned mm-hmm. the spiritual component. So mm-hmm. yoga as a tradition, as you know, originated in more ancient India and it was a complete holistic system addressing the, the body itself, of course, with strength, mm-hmm. flexibility, the mind, uh, the capacity to keep the mind clear and settled and not, say, aggravated with the trials and tribulations of our day-to-day lives. And also the spiritual component, recognizing that important element of a, most people's sense of identity. And as yoga has found its way in the West, m- many yoga studios have become more an exercise studio, and, and these other components have not been as incorporated. And I can see uh, reasons for that. It helps initially with dissemination. But what are your thoughts on this um, in terms of are, are we missing many of the potential benefits by narrowing it down to just, say, the physicality exercise side and not uh, some of the other domains that were inherently historically part? Uh, can you comment on that? Sure. I mean, some people do seem to think that yoga came to America or the West and suddenly became exercise. And I've certainly at research conferences had researchers from India who have been a little challenging on, well, please describe, can you even call this yoga, for example? Yes. Um, so it has changed, I think, in some places. Uh, There is a great book called The Yoga Body by Mark Singleton that I recommend that really looks at the historical perspective on yoga and how it's kind of changed over the years from more of a meditation-based philosophy in achieving oneness with God or or the creator or the universe to uh, in the early 1900s and late 19th century, early 1900s, became uh, much more physically oriented, where there was a big effort to uh, focus on becoming stronger and more physically fit. Um, So this change did occur back in India before it came here. Um, It may have made it more appealing, as you said, uh, to a wider audience. Uh, But I also do think that it can be more powerful if it has all the components with which it was originally designed or, or that may be included, um, certainly spiritual aspects. And I think that is available today. There are yoga-based spiritual communities, certainly in Encinitas and in other areas of San Diego County, that involve more than just yoga or, or meditation, but also have spiritual lectures. They have uh, social functions. They encourage uh, dietary change. And uh, they really try and, uh, I mean, people find like-minded people, but have a very, um, these are people who are very interested in being healthy and positive. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it can produce much more complete change in a person. Um, 
but I changed slowly myself. I slowly did more and more yoga and meditation. And maybe that's more permanent, too, if you slowly build and uh, build it into something that really works for you, as opposed to some people may also jump from one thing to another, fully immerse themselves in something for a while and possibly uh, seek something new, too. I've seen that. Uh, yes. Um, personal observation with people. So back to this issue of the holistic component. Now, on the research side, at least at places like the NIH, it's a traditional scientific institution, and reductionism is often the focus. So mm-hmm. I would think it would be hard to get funding if you set, wrote a grant proposal that you were going to look at the entirety of the system, the mental, physical, spiritual. Grant proposals I've seen through NIH have historically focused on we're going to do this posture for this many minutes, this posture, maybe some breathing. It's, it's very regimented and, uh, and limited in terms of the scope. Uh, is that your sense? Or are there other sources of funding where you can study it in its entirety? Well, I think, I think the research that focuses on biomarkers and some of the really understanding the mechanisms may be kind of... Uh, parsimonious in in picking apart yoga but i think there's a lot of yoga that just in yoga studies that look to see does yoga affect this health outcome or does yoga affect this disease can we reduce depression for example Mm -hmm. and in many of those studies yoga is not well defined people say we're going to do yoga for 60 minutes and it will include a, a relaxation shavasana at the end for 10 minutes and we meditated for about five minutes at the beginning. Hmm. And maybe they'll list their postures, but maybe not. So there's actually been a big push through NIH and, and research in general to specify what you're doing and specify the type of yoga and what is included in what you're doing. Uh, but at the same time, I think yoga research is moving towards examining the components of yoga for the purpose of maybe optimizing that for certain conditions. I, I can understand the value If the of that. deep breathing really helps relax people with PTSD, we want to do a little bit more of that and maybe a little bit less of, you know, standing on our heads or something. <laughs> um, so we just have another minute or two. Any, any final thoughts, comments you want to share with our viewers uh, about your program at the VA system and where you see it heading? Well... I also do research outside the VA system. I have an R34, which is a three-year feasibility study comparing two different types of yoga with active duty military at the Naval Medical Center in San Diego. So we're going to randomize uh, these military personnel to either an active hatha yoga or a restorative yoga. And these will be military with chronic low back pain and neck pain. They'll be mixed together. That's another trend is to not try and have a separate study for every different type of pain, to start blending people together um, in the same yoga class. And then I'm uh, planning to apply for funding to expand my study of yoga for older adults, where we looked at changes in gait and balance uh, so that they can maintain, I would say, physical, you know, it's designed to maintain independence through mobility. Um, so, yeah, we're very hopeful that we can continue that work and, and uh, help more people with this. 
That's excellent. Thank you for those last two studies. I wasn't aware of them, and I wish you all success with them. Great. Thank you. Yeah, and thanks for your time today.